2: A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix.
0: Yeah, there was definite uncertainty into what may happen this summer. So that was a big factor. We we have a lot of cap space this summer, which the Celtics have never had, um, and we have uh, a trade exception, a big trade exception, and we have draft picks, and we have a lot of good young players uh, and that are attractive to other teams. And so our our perspective is always to, and our plan is always to develop through the draft, because that's what we can control, who we draft and with our draft picks, and who we sign with free agent dollars and so forth. And uh, as far as trades, you know, we just have to be ready to have assets to trade and, and stay opportunistic and make the decisions with those, with, the, with our assets. No, I mean, it was just, it was just, hey, Rajan, yeah. thanks for everything you've done. You've left a great legacy. Be someplace eight and a half years to have that kind of, to have the, the, the outpouring of emotion that you're going to have in leaving it says what you did and, um, you know, wish you nothing but the best and think you're going into a great situation with a great coach great players and you know sorry we have to play one more time um because you know certainly i don't want to play against them but um but you know um it was more just that and thanks um and then evan turner will start
2: welcome to a new era of celtics basketball and welcome to a new era of the garden report the celtics won at 114 and 98 this really is a new era and this is a new episode of The Garden Report on CLNS Radio and Celtics Blog. All right, so welcome to the night version. We did a pre-game version, now we're doing a yep. post-game version of The Garden Report. I am Jared Weiss. He's Julian Edlow, we're both from CLNS Radio, he also reps WEI.com in his other time, uh, but right now we are all on Rondo analysis time, so we're gonna first talk about Rondo, second talk about the way that the team looked tonight. Yep. Um, let's start, we kind of talked about this a lot in our first video, but let's do it again after seeing what the, what we saw tonight. So first off, Rondo, as far as how, how the team
1: looks coming out of that trade, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, the team has played well without Rondo in the games that he's missed in the past season and this season, you know, they got that win in Chicago without him, they get a big win tonight without him. Now he's actually really gone and he's not coming back, but they've had kind of a reputation for playing well when Rondo hasn't been on the floor since he's come back from that ACL injury. And, you know, they kept it rolling tonight. So, you know, the argument has been made that you know Rondo makes a good team great but when you put him on an average team he doesn't make this team all that much better so this team arguably isn't that much different without Rondo
2: you know the funny thing is they still were able to get on the fast break they had the fast break advantage tonight they had 29 assists tonight Uh, the numbers wise there wasn't a massive difference without Rondo clearly the way the offense is moving it
1: looks a lot different yeah I mean like I said, the the numbers aren't gonna be that much different. The big difference is kind of watching Rondo. He does things in a different way than anyone else in the league. So, you know, it's gonna be more fun to watch. It's gonna look a different way when Rajan Rondo is running your offense. But like I said, when on an average team like the Celtics, you almost get the same results with or without Rondo. They just look different. When you talk about well sorry, Jared, when you talk about a team like you. Dallas <laughs> now you plug Rondo in and he's going to enhance all these different things but on a team like the Celtics he's not able to do that. You know, and the thing is so
2: losing Rondo it, it's not an addition by subtraction but the whole concept here that Brad Stevens is pushing Danny Ainge is pushing that anybody with any sort of optimism in their life is pushing is that the Celtics will collectively step up their game to fill the vacuum that is caused by Rondo. Mm-hmm. So you think this team is capable of doing that?
1: I mean they've well, but also first off acknowledging that they just did it. And they, right did, before they did those. just do it, so yeah. I mean they're they're one for one on that point. So I mean they've Rondo's been here, but I mean this team is has won what is it, six of their last nine games. As of right now, they're in sole possession of the eight seed in the Eastern Conference. They're a playoff team. So today. they traded
2: Rondo and
1: became they a playoff team. They traded Rondo literally became immediately became a playoff team within twenty four hours. Can't make that stuff up. Can't make that stuff up. They're you know, people think that they're gonna tank right down now that Rondo is gone, oh, this is a move for this year to get a lower pick. They're gonna be a similar team and, you know, they're gonna be battling for that eighth seed. That's exactly what some of the new guys said tonight. We'll get to them later, but that they were looking at the standings on the way here and they're like, wow, this team is right in the thick of things and we think we can help them out. So what did they do as a backcourt and as an
2: offensive system to make up for it? I know I asked before the uh, Brad Stevens before the game about it. He said that the system itself isn't going to change, but the type of actions they're running, the type of matchups they have are probably going to change. Now, while that may be true, they're not going to be able – a lot of the plays they run are based off based off of Rondo's just uncanny vision his mm-hmm. ability to slip passes that basically no one else in the league can do. Marcus Smart is definitely solid. He's a good passer. We saw him make a few really nice passes tonight. Yeah. He's going to be a good hockey assist guy, but he's not going to be able to run. He's not going to be able to sit back and run the offense in the same way. So they're going to rely on sets a lot more than they did in the past, and they're going to. I mean. He's saying that they're gonna have to fast break more, but they were already they already had the highest pace in the league. Yeah. And this is a league where you had Dallas, for instance, Golden State, a lot of teams that can run like crazy. Yeah. So they can't really push the pace any harder than they already were, unless they decide to just never try to get defensive
1: rebounds again and just put all <laughs> five guys basically in the front court every time a shot goes Bold. out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's gonna be kind of same results, different look without Rondo again. So I mean, the backcourt's gonna be a big mystery because we know what the ultimate goal is the ultimate goal is to get marcus smart healthy and develop him as the point guard of the future but until we get there you know we saw evan turner start tonight at the point guard you might see jameer nelson get some starts at the point guard phil pressy has gotten starts in the past with nelson here i don't know if he'll get those anymore these are things you know to be seen but the question that i think or the point that Brad Stevens needs to get to is how is he going to develop Marcus Smart into his starting point guard. That, I think, is the main focus of the guard rotation. So we'll see how that develops. Okay, so the guys that came in here, you're Brandon Wright.
2: Maybe a starter on this team, but the way that Tyler Zeller's playing and solinger has been pretty solid this year, and now Olenek and then, is on fire. Yeah, you put Olenek
1: on the bench. Uh, and you're,
2: not gonna, you're probably not going to see him starting there's a good chance you might see him traded away. Jameer Nelson, same exact situation. Maybe he'll start because Marcus Martin's not ready, because Phil Pressy is probably not capable of being a starting point guard at this point of his career, but he also is a guy that might get traded away. And now Jay, jeez, <laughs> I, I, I kind of feel ridiculous just going through this over and over and over again. I mean, they're
1: all three are the same story, it's essentially. they same exact they're, story. they're here, to. you get a free look at them, you can trade them away, Uh, Wright and Crowder both expire at the end of the year. So, I mean, who knows what these three players are going to turn into. What I will say is Wright is one of the most efficient players in the NBA in his, you know, 18 to 20 minutes in Dallas. He shoots the ball 74% from the field. That's ridiculous. It's high. high. Rondo wishes he could shoot free throws. put it one way, Rondo wishes he could shoot free throws anywhere near As good as Troy Howard can, yeah. But, I mean, anyway, the... Yeah, these these players are, who knows what they're going to be. Wright, I don't think we see him start because, you know, Stevens was talking about tonight how he had all four big men going so well, and he was having trouble picking between those four, which two to put on the court. Now you throw a guy that shoots 74% in there. You have five big guys with only, you know, only two of them can play at once. So we'll see how that develops. Maybe Wright keeps playing well here. Maybe he gets traded at the trade deadline. It's... Really, a, a mystery at the moment. He's. I think a lot of a lot of the league is looking at this trade
2: and are going, wait. I can get Jay Crowder and I can get Brendan Wright to help me win the title.
1: I'll do that. And there's going to be a lot of teams looking to make a deal come February. Wright specifically is a guy that you know because he's expiring and because he's so be- been so good in Dallas. If he can be good in Boston. Maybe they can turn him into something at the deadline, and then you look at the Rondo trade and say, hey, you know, if they get another late first for Wright, you go, all right, well, now we have two late firsts for Rondo. Does that make it look a little better? Plus, they got that exception. That's a
2: big exception. And the exception. They've got a good amount of exception money sitting on their plate right now as
1: Danny Ainge made clear you have no idea What's around the corner? You don't know what's gonna happen But they do have that exception to make something happen if it does and the last thought on the new players is Jameer Nelson probably is a good guy to have Marcus smart kind of learn under develop under even if Nelson does get some starts and smart comes off the bench Behind him. I think kind of you know behind the scenes at practice That's a good guy to learn from yeah, and you know Nelson's a pretty fun guy. He's a very high character
2: guy. Mm-hmm. The jokes that you're about to hear once we're done uh, with the segment were pretty hilarious. So he we'll was play a funny this guy. for you. He's it's going to be a lot of fun. So at least at least us for reporters are going to get someone that'll be more exciting to deal with than Rondo in the post game press conferences. Sure. Yeah, some personalities. Now, quickly before we go, before I even do the promos, I'm really upset about Dwight Powell leaving. Um, I, I think it was the last well, we episode. Th- I pretty much ended the show saying I want to see more Dwight Powell. Uh, I'm not, at least in a Celtics uniform, going to get to see that. But I really like his skill set, and I, I really think he has a shot at making a rotation somewhere in the league over the next few years. I wouldn't say no to that. He's okay. a good player. Well, good. I You like <laughs> recently dubbed him the next Will Chamberlain. I mean, he basically, I think he's better than Will Chamberlain at this point, honestly. Will Chamberlain wasn't a rookie with a 34.3
1: PER. <laughs> exactly. I mean, he's got a similar efficiency rating to Brandon Wright, actually. Oh, that's really? Maybe he could develop into a Brandon Wright type player. Maybe Brandon that's Wright could develop into Will Chamberlain. Chamberlain. No, I think that would be
2: a pretty good one. And they
1: had, uh, whatever,
2: let's not get into this.
1: <laughs> let's get out of
2: here. First promo stuff. Uh, listen to Celtics beat. Right now, we have the Sean Grandy episode, which was a fantastic interview. And then I'll be interviewing Kelly Dwyer of Yahoo Sports and tim mcmahon of espn dallas tomorrow we'll have that episode for you on sunday that's going to be a really great episode we're just going to talk about rondo just non-stop that'll be a lot of fun julian will be sitting there listening with his cashmere uh, vest on that thing is so vest. soft it's crazy you see a vest vest, i'm sorry not vest uh sweater with the zip up whatever i don't even know what they call pullover these things. pullover i guess so that's good enough but um listen to us on iTunes you can download the podcast version of the show download the CLNS Radio post game show on iTunes and don't forget to like us on Facebook search Garden Report Celtics we'll be right back with part two where we'll actually get into this game
0: Um, when he told me he was friends with Stan Van Gundy uh, I knew I was going to watch film right away and uh, (laughs) but no he's he's a great coach I've watched him for years Um, he actually coached one of a guy I knew, and Mike Green, uh, while he was in college. So I heard a lot of great things about him. Uh, my college coach, uh, Phil Martelli, told me a lot of great things about him. So, you know, you kind of, you know, watch guys from afar. You kind of know what ex- what to expect. I've never worn green or any level of basketball, but <laughs> I think it compliments my skin tone, though. <laughs> Yeah, they I mean they, they did well. We've got a you know, a really good one sitting in the locker room too, and Jameer Nelson. So um, you know, we're gonna have to continue to do that by committee. We're gonna have to continue to you know, soar with what we do well individually and figure out how best to fit everything together. I, I do think this this is gonna become a team Brian, you know, um that is you know, you don't know exactly who's gonna be going. You don't know exactly who's gonna be um the right fit depending on the matchups and those type of things and depending on how they're playing so you know, it was great that Marcus played that many minutes in a row and made some big shots down the stretch you know and, and I think he can learn from a couple of the turnovers that he had down the stretch
2: all right we're back for part two now let's get into this game so they win this one 114 and 98 it was one of their easiest wins of the season and a big reason for that was Kelly Olenek who was it's funny how we've gone through, I guess, three different seasons on the Garden Report so far. Season one was Kelly Olenek's great, season two was Kelly Olenek's terrible, and now we're back to
1: season three, Kelly Olenek is great once again. I mean, what, what the heck is going on with Kelly Olynyk? Yeah, I mean, he's inconsistent. That's what young players are. This is three good games in a row, though. They haven't been against the best opponents, but three good games in a row nonetheless. He had 21 points, shot eight for 13, pulled down eight rebounds, had three assists, he was, you know, the game was close the whole time until he gave them that huge spark off the bench in that late first to early second quarter. Um, and then, you know, had a, he had 14 of those points in that stretch and then had another seven in the second half. He was very good tonight.
2: You know, the funny thing about him is what he's able to do well, whether it's interior, working off the baseline, shooting three-pointers. It seems to vary a little bit as far as what's his calling card every single night but tonight it was another one of those balanced efforts where he was running so he was he was kind of rolling to the rim but he was hitting some threes he had some mid-range shots he's developing that floater a little bit more comfortably now it seems like that's finally kind of getting into his game the little kind of like weird high post game kind of thing yeah it's like a pseudo Anton Jameson kind of move almost good
1: Good comparison. Yeah, well, we would hope he doesn't
2: (laughs) end up being Anton Jameson in the end, because everybody was kind of frustrated by Anton Jameson, I'd say, over most of his career.
1: Fair point. (laughs) Let's hope he's not Anton
2: Jameson. Let's hope so. (laughs) Okay, so with Olenek, they have a guy that can do most things. I know Tommy once compared him to Dirk, I think, out there. That's steep. Time. Why wouldn't Rondo have just stayed here if he already had Dirk here? It's true. sure He wouldn't have to go get Dirk. I, it was funny because Rondo was
1: asked today in a press conference why did he go, choose to go to Dallas. <laughs> yeah, Apparently he said, it was for Dirk. Uh, well, I mean, he said I didn't choose to go here <laughs> because he was traded here. Like traded Mark Cuban there. was like crying, laughing and, uh, outside of the shot. Yeah, yeah the, the reporter rephrased their question. I think they might have been a little bit out of the loop on that one. Yeah.
2: But either way, I uh, the Celtics they seemed very cohesive and one thing that was great was the exterior ball movement they were th- they were really passing the ball around the perimeter they were doing kind of zigzag pinball t- bin- uh, pinball type passing <laughs> <laughs> not an easy one and it's you late. know that that's the kind of stuff that Stevens had really talked about as far as emulating the Spurs that's something the Spurs have mastered mm-hmm. and you're seeing it come to come to action all of a sudden as soon as Rondo leaves i mean they've been doing it a lot this year but this was the game where it seemed to really come together it probably has to do with just the adrenaline of really stepping up today, but you saw that this team, when they had another score out there, because Rondo isn't much of a scoring threat, it's kind of a last resort mm-hmm. type of thing, but with Smart out there and with Turner out there, every single guy is a scoring threat, and that allows them to move the ball, I think, a little bit quicker.
1: Yeah, you know, for the first time, obviously they've played without Rondo, but for the first time they're playing without Rondo and know that they don't have to be prepared to have him back. So there's not that player that's going to, you know, pound the ball around for 18 seconds and then try and find the open shot. They're free to move the ball around. Everybody on the team, you know, arguably is a scorer. So this is going to open a lot more options for them. And, you know, it's good to see them come right out first game without Rondo and play as such a cohesive unit. And you know the thing is, without Rondo, you were worried about whether
2: or not they could do things like running the pick and roll, stuff like that. But that didn't seem to be that much of an issue. I know Zeller had yeah. 14 points and seven for nine shooting. Soldier, exact same thing. Soldier had 10 rebounds tonight too, which is pretty impressive. But yeah. the kind of distributing the points to those bigs there, it worked. I mean, they were able to do it, and that was the thing that you were kind of worried about: is can those
1: guys get their shots? And they were able to get their shots. Zeller was a guy in particular because he fed so much off those Rondo pick and rolls that I worried, you know, is Zeller going to be able to still do that? Tonight, obviously, with, uh, you know, Smart, I think, had a good feed to him. He ran some good pick and rolls with uh, both Smart and Turner. So, you know, it looks like that's not going to be an issue. It looks like Zeller can still produce. And, you know, Zeller, he's the kind of guy that he needs to
2: kind of have the environment around him thriving for him to succeed. Mm -hmm. So he's the kind of guy that you have to think you need to get him the ball and the pick and roll. He needs to be getting offensive rebounds, stuff like that. Smart seems like an ideal partner for him. Smart will probably make things a little bit easier late in games when defenses tighten up Mm because Smart can actually score. And I was I feel like Rondo to Zeller. As far as long term when they're really seriously competing in the fourth quarter It's gonna be really hard for them to run those pick-and-rolls because defense is usually tighten up in the interior a lot mm-hmm. more So we'll we'll see how that works out with Evan Turner. It was kind of a little bit uh, Hot and cold tonight, but Avery Bradley had yep. seven assists and he looked pretty
1: solid in his role tonight That jumped out at me I don't know yeah. where those where those came from but Rondo's gone. Avery Bradley has seven assists now before we go to box and ball
2: Uh, One thing I want to kind of think about here is Phil Pressey's role. So Phil Pressey is kind of the one guy that's really a true passing guy that they have out there right now. Mark mm-hmm. is smart. Even Danny Ainge acknowledged it uh, before the game. Is that he's, right. he's kind of learning how to become a point guard. Yep. And Phil Pressey is a pretty legitimate point guard there. And I'm really curious to see what kind of stuff they're going to run with Pressey out there. Or is he going to get more opportunity? Tonight he played 15 minutes, so it wasn't really that much different than what he's been doing for most of the season. But do you want to see more Pressey, maybe a little less of the other guys? I mean, I'm a
1: – I'm a Pressey fan. I think not a born point guard was the term that yes. Ainge used with Smart. Pressey is a born point guard. Mm-hmm. That's what he is. He's born to pass. It comes naturally to him, whereas Smart's going to have to learn and develop that skill. So, you know, I I do feel that Pressey is a good option to run this offense. That sounds a little crazy. But, you know, when he got spot starts uh, for Rondo last year, he did a lot with them and had some very good games. So, you know, Jameer Nelson is going to get some minutes at point guard. Evan Turner is. Marcus Smart is. So, you know, there's still a lot of competition there. But Pressy is a guy that I think needs to get a, a look at least at, you know, some 25 to 30-minute games maybe and see what he can do with the offense because I think he's very good at it. And for his size, he's not at all a defensive liability. He, he gets after it. And that's one thing
2: that I love is that very early on he was a bit of a defensive liability, mm-hmm. but he's really, I think he's learned how to make up for he's it. He's learned how to read rotations, fight through pick and rolls. He's sure. so quick and he's in those guys' chest really tight. His hands are so active. I really like to see, I'm really excited to see what kind of defensive impact he's going to have on this team for the next couple years. years. Assuming he sticks around, but I think he probably will. Who knows at this rate, but it's yes, true. I think Pressey's here. All right, so let's box and ball now. So for me, my boxing out, Saturday the night, is the points in the paint. I love to see that they had a 68 to 48 advantage on points of the paint. And they only took one more shot. It was just that they were hitting the shots a lot more frequently. And I think it was really important that the Celtics could show that they could still get the ball to the hip hoop, that they weren't going to. I knew mean, They took 23 threes tonight, which is probably close to their average, which is I can't believe that they can average over 23s a game, but they're pretty close to it. But yeah. they showed tonight that even without Rondo, Against a team that, I mean, they do have Gorji Jang who's a solid kind of on-ball shot-blocking kind of guy. But they're missing Pekovic. They don't really have their full team right now. They're pretty weak on the interior. But they show that they can still get the ball to the interior. They can still pound the
1: glass. And they can still be an effective driving team. That was really important for them to establish right out there. the game. For sure. For my box, I'm just going with the Celtics' overall field goal percentage. They shot 56.5%. They were kind of on fire for the whole game. 48 for 85 You know we've talked about a lot of games this year where we see you know 100 or close to 100 field goal attempts they got 114 points on 85 shots that's very efficient um and one of the guys that helped out with that late my baller marcus smart you know there's some other guys that had better games but smart came on late he shot three for six, he had eight points. He was a huge part of the fourth quarter. And even when the game was kind of out of reach, he's locked down on defense, zoned in, and he hit a huge three-pointer that kind of blew the game open. So he had two on, the night, yeah, yeah. On, on the night that Rajon Rondo was finally gone, it was nice to see Smart come through on some levels. And didn't
2: those shots, I mean, I know that he, he didn't really have many points up to that point, but those two three-pointers kind of exemplify exactly what the Celtics wanted when they got rid of Rajon Rondo was mm-hmm. that they acknowledged exactly that Rondo with Rondo like. on a on a mediocre team, this, a pass first point, point guard isn't what they need. They need mm-hmm. a guy that can take those shots at the end of the games over—I mean, That that thing about Rondo has been oversimplified forever. It's way more complex than that. But if, if you really want to simplify it, uh, a developing team with not a lot of go-to scores, if your best player is a pass-first guy, then you're relying on guys that aren't really qualified to be taking the last shot. And Jeff Green has had to do it. He's mm-hmm. had some pretty incredible last shots in his career. We'll never yes. forget that. Fade away in the corner in, in Miami. Miami. That's the one. But generally executing him trying to get that shot it's not really there for him. Mm-hmm. It really isn't. And Marcus totally Smart's the kind of guy that can get that shot. And that's why going with Marcus Smart is probably going to prove to be the best long-term solution for them. But they're still going to they're, they're need a few really great players around him if they're going to really pull off this transition.
1: Of course.
2: So that's a long-window way of saying my baller of the night is Kelly <laughs> Olenek. So, no, but Olenek, 21 points. He played 25 minutes, 14 seconds. He shot well. He got some rebounds. It was just another clinic put on by Olenek. I loved it. I'm loving, I'm loving seeing the guy that I criticize turn everything around and play better than he's ever played before. That's what we look for on the Garden Report, and that's why we're getting out of here. So for Julian, I'm Jared. The first Rondo-less episode of the Garden Report was a smashing success. Smashing success. I guess they're not going to be trading us to Dallas anytime soon. No, we're staying right here. All right, we're staying right here. We'll see you next time. Have a happy, happy holiday. I'll be lighting that menorah up. I hope you guys are lighting up that Christmas tree. <laughs> Uh, and uh, if you want to just send me gifts, you can just uh, leave them for me at the garden front door. I'll accept any gift whatsoever. We're out of here. Peace. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but I'll uh, you know um,
0: that's how the NBA is. Um, I, I looked around, and um, me and JJ were joking this morning. We looked around the locker room, and um, we were thinking about all the – we named all the guys that I played with and how they're all gone in and, and different places. And it's, it's crazy how fast this – um, these years go
2: by. Actually, I haven't got a chance
0: to talk to Rajon. Um, kind of want to let things uh, kind of wind down for him. I know he got a lot going on, and uh, and to to put in perspective with him right now. So, and uh, I was a little bit surprised with the, with the trade. Actually, I wouldn't say pressure. Um, I mean, it's going to be hard to feel You know his spot. You know Rondo's a great player and um, done a lot for this franchise. So it's going to be very hard, but. It's just an opportunity for not only me, but uh, some of these other guys to step up.